Hello and welcome to Fireside Farmmaker, a podcast with John Mark Osborne and Michael Rashad talking about everything Farmmaker. Hello, I'm Michael Rashad. And my name is John Mark Osborne. And welcome to Fireside Farmmaker. I'm going to start this podcast by asking John a question. John, what is the most important question you can ask? And by the way, before I answer, this is not rehearsed whatsoever. But Michael did tell me to say, what is the meaning of life? And I was going to reply that the meaning of life is a very good question. And if you were Douglas Adams, it is the most important question. But the actual question, the most important question any of us developers can ask is, what if? And I'm going to expand that a little bit more. What if you, the listener, could listen to one of these podcasts and at the end of it, know everything about that particular subject. That seems unlikely. Exactly. But what if you could take just one idea from each podcast, and it starts you thinking about that idea? Now you're into what if. And what if is the starting block for all farmmaker development. And what if is, think of a what if as a game, a puzzle that is fully engaging your brain, not something that's insulting your intelligence. So where does this game come from? Is it your client gives you the the game? No, it's not the client. The client doesn't give us anything. It's what we as developers do when we're trying to figure out the best way to solve a particular problem. How do we get to where we're going to? We ask ourselves, what if I did this? And in the process, that starts us thinking about, well, that's an interesting idea. And what we then do is we start by trying that idea out and seeing if it actually will work or whether it won't. And if it doesn't work, we go, okay, well, that didn't work. Well, what if I tried this? So it's not something that you have to apply to every situation because many of those what-if scenarios or the what we are doing in the development process, we've done a thousand times before. And we've already at some point asked ourselves that question or it, the solution is just so obvious we don't need to. And in that case, you, you've got to think about it as somewhat similar to highway hypnosis, where you, you're driving somewhere and you suddenly realize that you have no memory of what, where you just drove. You don't remember a single thing about it, except that you have arrived at your destination or partly there, and you've been subconsciously thinking about something else. and your brain has automatically taken over and driven the car for you safely. So what if is how development starts, for me at least. Well, yeah, and I think how development starts typically is because a client hires you, right? At least in our line of work, right? And I think that's what I meant by that's where that comes from. The client gives you the puzzle of this is the job, this is what I needed to do, and you need to figure it out. And it's not the entire thing necessarily because you have a lot of this stuff that you've already figured out and asked the what if about, but there might be some special feature in there 
where you need to ask that what if because you've never done it or it's it's an interesting problem or they want it done a different way and you have to go ahead and say what if i did it this way what would happen and then that might work out and it might not and then you go what if i did it this way may that solve the problem right is that kind of where you're going with this yeah you try it and you fail or you try it and you succeed. And if you fail, you try another what if and you keep trying until you succeed. I think there's levels of succeeding too. You know, you may succeed on one project and then do it a little bit better on the next project as well. Well, yeah. And that's, I think that's one of the reasons that you and I have been doing it for so long and we're still fascinated and enjoy working with Farmaker because we're always learning something new, some new way of doing something. Yeah, and I'm, I'm an, an amateur cook, and I, I'm, everybody likes to come over and barbecue. I barbecue for people, and 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 I'm constantly refining my techniques and my ingredients and my recipes. And okay, I got a recipe off the internet, but I don't like how they, they didn't have enough garlic in it. And but it's it's never quite the same recipe throughout. Even if people love it, I'll change it and change it and change it. Sometimes I won't change it, but most of the time I'll go through and add on to it and improve it. And I think that's something that you have to do in the FileMaker world or any development career in order to be successful and to keep moving forward and not get bored with FileMaker. Because you, like, we were just talking about this offline. It's like the reason we love FileMaker so much is because we're constantly looking at it and, and learning new things and, and challenging ourselves. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, one of the things, FileMaker is an amazing tool because it allows any developer and it's not just the pros like you and I, it's the amateurs as well, to try variations, different methods very quickly and move through them until you get to the right solution. Yeah, I think uh, it was really, we talked about this a lot in our our WIP uh, podcast, which is a really great podcast about how FileMaker is truly the workplace innovation platform. It's easy for people to use it. So you can be a subject matter expert and program your own FileMaker database. There is some depth you need to know and depends on how complex a project, but that's the greatest thing about FileMaker is that it gives you that instant feedback. So just to go back in time to the 50s, the 60s, the 70s, when they used punch cards, if you've never seen a punch card, it's like a, it's like one of those uh, Scantron things you used to do in your high school. And maybe, maybe I'm really too old, but you, you, you would program something and punch all the holes and you probably do more than one uh, punch card. You might have a whole deck of them and then you'd feed it through and you cross your fingers hoping that it would work. Cause if it didn't work, even if there's one punch card or one, one hole inside that punch card that was wrong, you'd have to go ahead and redo everything or at least one whole punch card at that point. And so FileMaker is different. You don't have to compile anything. You just go to layout mode, change it. You go to manage database, you change it. You go to here and then you try it and it tells you whether it worked or not. It's That is truly amazing. Yeah, it's beyond comprehension. And anybody who has worked with FileMaker knows this to be the absolute and ultimate truth. Now, there are some times though that FileMaker doesn't give you that immediate feedback or you can't really tell whether something's going to work. And there's two situations that I've seen, which is when you need a large number of records, because you're usually programming without that. And this is easy to speed test in a single user scenario by simply adding a bunch of records and see how it behaves. Or you can even put it up on a temporary server and try it. 
Um, what's harder to test is when a remote connection is required and, and possibly a, con a combination of large number of records and remote connection. You just kind of have to know what things are slow and what things aren't. And, and you get that through experience. But other than that, you could do a whole lot of things with FileMaker. And if you have that knowledge of how, how something works with large amount of records and a remote connection, you can still program it in your vacuum inside your, you know, your development uh, office and may it'll still work out there and you can get that feedback and, and just program something really cool and fast with FileMaker that you really can't do with other products out there. Right. And the other thing is, even when you've got a large number of records, you can often test a calculation, as you and I do frequently in the data viewer, just on a, seeing what happens on a single record and then looking at the next record and seeing the results. So we can obviate the need for it to go through and cycle through an entire the entire data set by just testing it on a few records. Right. I often do that. If you guys don't use the data viewer, I call it the cocktail napkin. There's two sides. But the side where you're actually entering a formula in there and testing on one record is great because you don't have to run the whole script. You don't have to put it into the rest of the structure. You can see how it reacts on a record by record basis just in that little kind of cocktail napkin kind of, you know, situation, that test scenario. It's, it's, it's a wonderful tool. And if you don't use the data viewer, you should. And sometimes I forget, they go, oh, yeah, I should be using the data viewer. So I copy it from where I'm putting it in there and put it in the data viewer and go, oh, yeah, OK, now I got it right. Now I can put it back to where it actually resides. Now, what do you call this in your videos, John? You have a term that I love. I, <laughs> I like to tell people they need to fiddle around with FileMaker. You can't just listen to somebody. You can't just read a book. You can't just download a file. You can't just read a blog. You can't just talk to somebody at the developer conference. You actually have to sit down and work with FileMaker to better understand it. It really is that simple. It sounds crazy, but you have to try things out. You can't just regurgitate what somebody else says and expect to have a good knowledge of FileMaker and expect to do what Michael's talking about here is the what if. You have to you have to challenge yourself and you have to say, what if I did this? And the only way you can do that is being comfortable fiddling around with FileMaker and trying stuff out and going, ooh, I discovered something new. And somebody else may have discovered it before you, but you discovered it for yourself on your own. And, and that trial and error you can do in FileMaker makes it an unbelievable, powerful tool. It's also the only way to learn FileMaker is by trying and failing and trying and failing and trying and failing. And you and I have made every mistake in the book multiple times. Now, I think the reason you and I like FileMaker, and, and I'll speak for myself at least, I'm not the smartest guy in the world. I'm very well-rounded. And I know there's guys who are smarter in the FileMaker market who can just read something and they can just do it. But they can't do the same things that we can do and they don't necessarily need FileMaker. FileMaker is for the rest of us. Us people who maybe aren't, you know, have an IQ of 160. We can sit down and let FileMaker be your, you know, your companion. Let it, you know, you can you can throw an idea at it and it'll feed back to you. And that for for me, since I, you know, I'm not a computer science major and I don't do this code inside my head, has always been the greatest thing for me to get that feedback from FileMaker because I can do this what if thing so easily with it. Yeah, it's also it's been my experience that part of what I love about FileMaker 
is the fact that I can try ideas out and I can experiment and I'm not losing a lot of time. I'm not wasting time. I'm finding ways that don't work. And sometimes when you find something that does work, it may not be the end of the question because there might be a better way to get to that same result. So even when you solve the problem, it doesn't mean to say you solved it absolutely correctly. And you may, as I'm sure we all have, go back to something a while later and you go, what was I thinking when I did this? Because our knowledge has changed and our perspective has changed and, and everything. So it really is a tool for to play around with. It's like a sandbox. And I remember when I started doing FileMaker development back in 87. For the first year I was working with it, I was spending 16 hours a day just playing with FileMaker because I was so fascinated by it. Yeah, I think people don't understand that. When I started off with FileMaker, I worked in tech support. Um, and then I moved out to ISO Productions. And we literally spent, just like you, 16 hours a day, seven, six or seven days a week working on FileMaker. And that's how we got our you know, that's how we got our college degree in FileMaker because we just worked on it and worked on it. And, we, and by doing that, we, we all of a sudden, it's kind of like being married. You live with that person and you know all their quirks and everything and about how they work. And you don't say this and your wife's going to get mad, so don't say it. Well, FileMaker is the same way. You know, if I do this, it's going to react this way. And you've got to get that knowledge of FileMaker in order to really control it the way you want to. And, and some people think there's a fast path and there really isn't. You just have to get that experience and ask those questions. What if I do this? Right. And what if is a question that also doesn't, it doesn't only apply to FileMaker. It applies to life itself. What if I took this new job? What if I bought this new house? So we're constantly having this conversation with ourselves in our own heads about what if. And in FileMaker, for sure, certainly, what if always has multiple answers because there isn't a definitive right way to do anything. There are lots of wrong ways to do it, but there are also multiple right ways. Would you agree with that, John? Absolutely. And, and the good thing about FileMaker versus a job and a house is you can return that house if you don't like it and try to buy a different house very quickly by just saying delete and going on your way. But yeah, there's always multiple answers and, and one wrong answer might be the right answer in a different situations. So what I do with my students is I use a simple example and I'm going to even do a simple version of the example because it's a, it's a two hour exercise. But I call this comparing and contrasting or advantages and disadvantages. And it's this thing you have to do when you're doing this what if that I like to do with everything I you know want to put into a FileMaker database. And, and you'll eventually do it naturally uh, you know, once you get really comfortable with this technique. But you at first, you'll write it down on paper and say, okay, should I do it this way or should I do it this way or should I do it this way? Which way has the best advantages in this scenario? Which one has the least number of disadvantages? And so the simple example I use is, and it's very simple because I want to prove the point, is I want to make a button that I click on that finds all the records that are the same as this one. So I use a first name field. 
Nothing complica complicated. Of course, in a real life scenario, it'd, it'd be much more complicated, but I want to prove a point. So I'm, I'm simplifying it down to just what I do at a very basic level. So you're going, okay, what if I go in and use copy and paste? Because I'm on that record. I'm, I've got a button on there and I'm on Bob's record. I want to go into find mode and find all the Bobs. So I could copy Bob into the clipboard, go to find mode, paste Bob into the name field and perform the find. It's very easy to do with the script. But what's the problem with that? It's very easy for people to understand, right? You no, know, everybody understands copy and paste and people always go towards, you know, copy and paste with scripting to move information around. But the problem with it is the field that you're copying from and pasting to needs to be on the layout. So you've married the script and the layout together. And so if by chance, for some reason, you take that first name field off the layout, the script dies. It doesn't work anymore because it it, it's just the same. Scripts are just the same as what you do manually. It has to be on that field. You have to be able to get into it. But even worse than that is it destroys the clipboard. And what's in the clipboard? Well, the clipboard is universal to your whole computer. So the person who's using your FileMaker database, you may destroy what they put in there. They may want to click on one of your buttons to go over somewhere else and then paste what they had in the clipboard, but all of a sudden the clipboard's gone. So that's a real bad thing to do. And so if you take that example and go, what if I could do it better? What if I didn't destroy the clipboard? Then we could say, well, let's try set field. I've been hearing a lot about the set field script app. It's really cool. How do we get the information from browse mode to find mode? Well, one of the ways to bridge browse and find mode is using a global field. So you set Bob into a global field, enter find mode, because when you're in find mode, you no longer have Bob. But if it's in a global field, that global field is available in find mode. It has nothing to do with relationships. It's just the way it works. So the global field bridges that gap between browse and find. So then you can say set the global field to that name field and then perform the finds. It's, it's almost like the global field is a is a clipboard, but you're not erasing it. So that's even better, but you had to define a global field just for that one task. So you go, okay, well, let's try set variable. Set variable has a clipboard-like feature where you can place the contents of a field into a variable. It's somewhere up in memory land. You don't have to worry about where it's at. You just go dollar sign, whatever you want to call it. And then you put that in there. And then when you get to find mode, you set that value into the field and it acts like a clipboard as well. So that seems like the best of all of them. But then you dig even deeper and you go, oh, they've got this new feature that allows me to find similar records already. And there's even a script step. So that's really even the best one because then you don't have to do all this. But Hopefully you get the point is that you go through these different variations of things, you compare and contrast the advantages and disadvantages. And so I always bring up this example and say, okay, we're all done. Now, what if I introduce that you, to find similar records, you need five different fields. Copy and paste is going to be crazy because you're going to have to go enter find mode, go back to browse mode, copy again, enter find mode, paste, you know, going back and forth and bopping back and forth. Set fields, you're going to need global five global fields. Set variable, you're going to need five variables. But if you simply throw in insert from last visited, it knows where that record is that you were last clicked into. So even from browse to find it knows. And so you can copy all the values from that record into find mode and find all the similar records. So that's to point out that 
insert calculate result does require the field to be on the layout, but when you have a lot of fields that you need to search, it sometimes becomes a better solution. That's what I mean by comparing the advantages and disadvantages and why you want to say, what if I did this? What if I did that? Yeah, it's a very good point and a very good analogy and example there, John. I definitely agree with that. So let's come back to what if, and it's perhaps the most important question we will ever ask. And where does that come into play? Well, one place is you see something, some technique that another developer has come up with, and you go, you start thinking about ways that you can use it or improve on it. In other words, you've asked yourself, what if I did this? What if also happens when you look at a script or a routine that you've created and you want to simplify it? So those are two examples. And also, what if happens when something doesn't work? And sometimes, what if is a change of direction entirely? What if I took a 30-minute nap and let my subconscious work on this seemingly intractable problem? I, you're probably the same as me. I do this all the time. I go to bed with trying to figure something out. And I wake up in the morning and I have the solution because our subconscious is always working whether we're awake or asleep. Yeah, sometimes it takes me two nights of sleep to get one, but those are the really hard problems. Yeah, and but it just comes, the answer makes itself apparent because we've let our brain do the work for us. Yeah, I think the point is that you're doing this what if consciously and subconsciously, but I don't think you ever do this stuff subconsciously unless you first do it consciously. And you have to start doing it in your mind when you're awake and your mind will actually work on these problems. <laughs> Believe it or not, you'll just wake up and go, hey, I've got a great idea. I wonder where that came from. Well, it's because your mind worked on it subconsciously. Right. And the human brain like the human body, is an incredible piece of technology, and it allows for rapid calculations. Now, I, I was just watching the other day the uh, Apple product, new products, and they were talking about the A13 chip, which is in the new iPhone 11. And the chip, which is the size of your or my thumbnail, is capable of one trillion operations a second and has eight and a half billion transistors. Now, I'm glad I didn't have to do the counting. But no matter how powerful and how fast these computers get, and artificial intelligence is changing all this, but we're not there yet. But the one thing that the human brain has that computers in the main don't is instinct. We know instinctively that we need to turn left. The computer will ask a million questions, ask that question, should I turn left, should I turn right, should I turn left, should I turn right? They'll ask it a million times. And where the human brain is so amazing is that we don't have to do all those calculations. We just know the answer. Yeah, it's true. I, I can't uh, argue with that, um, but sometimes you have to actually try to get to the answer, right? You have to ask yourself, what if? You have to challenge yourself, right? Well, that's that's absolutely it. I mean, there's, instinct is going to take you so far. And the what if part of that question is, 
knowing what questions to ask and where where your train of thought will take you because it's going to differ from people to people you you know you and i have different ways of looking and solving problems like everybody does it's idiosyncratic and it's a phrase i often use when it comes to talking about programmers because we all think and work differently and but we still have to start the equation by thinking about it and sometimes the answer is instinctive and sometimes that instinctive answer may be partially right and it may be partially wrong but then it's well what if i did this and the one thing that i always tell people and this is not filemaker specific this is life specific we all have gut feelings i felt it in my gut instinctively i know what the answer is and you must always you should always listen to your gut because 99% of the time your gut is right and if you ignore your gut you will find yourself more wrong than right consistently so you have to trust yourself and listen to those inner thoughts because they are steering you in the right direction and i think where you get a better gut just in my opinion is is when you when you practice this what if you've got to force yourself at the beginning because some people just like to think it's it's going to be easy to program filemaker i'm going to read this article and read this book and use this template and boom it's all going to work out and it really doesn't work that way you have to get in bed with filemaker and and learn everything about it you need to try it out you need to try it this way and try it that way and what if this and what if that and that's going to make your gut feeling i think a little bit better it's going to train it to to have the right information to to uh go you know kind of your it, it's kind of those things it's instinctual you said it's like you just and that instinct gets built up by having lived with filemaker and if you don't live with filemaker it's you're not going to build that instinct up you've got to give it the time you've got to give it the fiddling around that i talk about you've really got to spend time with it in, uh, in order to to build up this gut feeling in this instinct yeah it's a very good point because the gut feelings really are an expression of the knowledge that we have gained over the over the years it's not just pure pulling it out of thin air is based on a lot of information that we've internalized and we're not even really aware that we've internalized it we just have and and I want to make a point I mean I I've kind of been making it the whole time but time and time again I get people who come to me and say I started a filemaker project and I couldn't finish it can you do it for me and I say, well, I can't finish it because you, you know, there's so many things wrong with it, but I can start over and it'll probably actually cost you less. But you've got to, you've, you, people underestimate because FileMaker is so easy to approach and you, you can make something that works kind of, sort of. Um, but if it's a complex project, you really need to have that depth of knowledge of FileMaker to understand how it works. And you can't get that in a couple of days or a couple of weeks. You have to give it. I think what you told me the other day, you, you're, was it 5,000 hours before you become good at FileMaker was your kind of test? Yeah, I think the 5,000 hours is an absolute minimum number of time that you can spend working with FileMaker before you are at all competent. And 
I calculated the other day that since I've been working with it, I've spent over 70,000 hours working with it. Right. And, and so... And I don't know everything. Right. And there are lots of people who know much more than I do. Well, and it comes to a point at which you're, you realize by how much you know that you don't know everything. It's like you almost have to know more to know that you don't know. <laughs> well, there's a there's a... A saying that I absolutely love, if we only knew what we don't know, then we'd know more than we do know. Yeah. And now I'm getting confused inside my mind because these are all those, but, but, you know, I think you need to realize is that, that if you want to become good at FileMaker, you have to put the time in. There's just no if, ands, and buts about it. And it's also about putting quality time in. So it's not just reading books. It's not just doing, it's, it's this question about what if and challenging yourself and comparing and contrasting. And that what's make that's what makes you a good developer to, to see a problem you've never seen before and go, hmm, what if I did this? Okay, let me try it. What if I did this? Or and and that's how you solve problems and that's how you get better at FileMaker. Sure, you might have to ask a mentor or you might need to look at a blog article to get some information, but still you need to make it your own and try it out yourself and ask the questions. I've got half the puzzle here. This might work from what I read from this blog. And I still do it to this day. I'm like, what, what is this problem? And I'll get some of it from somebody, but then I'll put the John Mark Osborne spin on it that relates to what my client's doing. And, and so you've got to constantly do this to be able to really learn FileMaker to, and to own FileMaker and to be FileMaker. I mean, it sounds one of the, one of those strange cliches that people say, but really, it, you got to be FileMaker in, in order to really develop at the level that we're developing at. And anybody can do it. You just have to put the time in and ask the right questions. Yeah, it's definitely about putting the time in. And it's even more about just doing stuff. Yes, you can read about stuff and you what you read might be absolutely right, but until you actually sit down and you do it yourself, you won't internalize it. You won't remember it. It's You only know stuff by doing, and I'm firmly a believer of that. You can learn small things, but practice and actual doing the thing will internalize it and keep it in your memory so that you know next time, oh, I know how to do that. And I think this is a good example to bring up here. I, I remember I, I, I build a calendar solution that, that is relationally sound. So if there's records for everything, so you can do reports and do fines. Not one of those crazy, I mean, don't get me wrong, they're cool and everything, but not one of those crazy calendars, which uses a, you know, a web viewer and things like that. So you can support drag and drop. I'm talking about a truly relational calendar. And one of the things I wanted to do was to create uh, records for everything. You know, because that's the whole idea behind a relational database system is records are the component. They're like a bag of marbles. If you have a bag of marbles, you can put them out there. Those are your records. Your marbles are your records. And you can sort them by or organize them by color, by size, by price, by any kind of characteristic you want. So naturally, what I wanted to do with a, with a calendar solution was make one record for every day so that I could go ahead and have that flexibility. And so what I ended up doing is I make a lot of records, which is, is usually okay in a database. You don't want to make too many, you know, there is some limits, but making records is a good thing because that's where your flexibility is. That's the core component that you can organize. So naturally I wanted to have one record for every day of the year. So 365 times how many records you'd have in there. So if you had, you know, 10 years worth, you'd have uh, 3,600. I, I can't do math very well, but you get the point. And 
in order to create that, the first time I did it, I made a looping script. Seems like the natural thing, right? Just make a looping script that says, okay, what's your starting point? Oh, we want 2018 or 2019 or 2020. That's our starting point. So we start off on January 1st and go all the way to, to uh, you know, uh, December 31st and make one record for each one. And, you know, you got to worry about uh, leap year and things like that. Well, that works great and it actually works, but it's super slow. And I finally came to the conclusion after asking, I could do this better. What if I did this? And I tried variations and I finally came across that if I had a temporary table with every day of the year in there and just changed with a global value what year it was, I could simply import that data. And so I did, and it's just one import, boom, it goes right in there. It's so much faster than that looping script. And so this is the kind of thing where you would think outside the box, but it's the kind of thing that we're talking about, about knowing FileMaker, what other features could accomplish the same thing as what I'm doing. And what if I did it that way? Would it be better in this situation? Well, in this case, I wanted speed, so clearly the import's faster and helps me out, and I've got a much better solution, and would have never gotten to that conclusion if I'd just been happy with the looping script. Right, and taking your analogy a step further, you know, a lot of people ask for a calendar, and the first thing I ask them is, do you actually need to see a visual representation of the things that you have to do in a calendar form, or will a list view of those events sorted by date work just as well? And you'd be surprised how many people say, oh, no, I just need to see what's happening on that particular day. I don't need to see it all on a, you know, on a typical calendar. And that was a what-if question. What if? So it isn't something necessarily that you always ask yourself. It's sometimes you ask other people. And it's funny, we did not rehearse this. We've never talked about this before, but that's exactly the same thing I do to my clients. And 99% of the time, they don't want a monthly calendar. They just want a portal listing stuff or a list view or something like that. And you need to ask these questions. This is about treating your clients with respect. And by being respectful to them, you need to question what they're asking for because they don't have any idea how hard a calendar is to make. And sometimes you have to say, well, what if, we just gave you this. Would that get you done? Or what if we put in a script that made sure you didn't duplicate calendar items so there was no duplicates in there so you couldn't have appointments that are overlapping? What if we did this? There, there's all kinds of questions. You need to get down to what they really need and program that for them. Yeah, exactly. And what if also applies to the tool within FileMaker that you're planning on using? What if execute SQL is the best way to solve this particular problem? What if it's not? What happens if? So what if is asked and answered constantly. And I said at the beginning of this that it's a game. It's a puzzle that is fully engaging your brain. And it's not something that's insulting your intelligence. It is the core essence of being a FileMaker developer at least from our point of view, right? This is the way we look at developing in FileMaker. And we're trying to give you an insight into how we do it. We don't regurgitate. We think about everything we do. And we've gotten so good at over the years that we can think about these problems and solve them even if we've never seen the problem before. It's not just question and answer. It's about an issue 
and you solving that with the tools that you have. And FileMaker gives you these wonderful tools that you can blend together in a variety of different ways. It's not like a Microsoft application where they have a menu item for everything you do. FileMaker blends together and you need to learn how to blend those features together in order to come up with those answers because every single time a client calls, I go, wow, that's a new and interesting thing. I've never seen that before. Yeah, it's very true. It, it, we are constantly dealing with new situations and new situations require new thinking a lot of the time. And it's not about IQ. It's nothing to do with IQ. You know, somebody who's really smart. I mean, I've known some incredibly smart people who have absolutely no common sense. They could barely tie their own shoelaces, but they're incredibly smart. But I think what if requires more more street smarts than actual IQ. Absolutely. It's kind of a philosophical thing rather than a brain thing. It's just, you know, just open your mind up to different possibilities. Yeah. I mean, question everything and ask yourself, well, I wonder if, uh, what if, what if, what could possibly happen? And it becomes, it really is a game. It's fun to do this. And when you come up with a really elegant solution to a tricky problem, it's like, oh, that is unbelievable. And that's why you and I are still loving doing FileMaker after a total of almost 60 years doing it. And I, and I also think that what I want to bring back what you said about, you know, you the calendar. And, and sometimes you have to tell your client, well, maybe you should do it this way. Because it's not always the right thing to just do what the client says. Sometimes you have to say, hey, I've looked at all the possibilities and it's really going to be complex and expensive for you. How about we try a different viewpoint? And that will be a what if. It's like coming from it from a different angle and solve the problem in a different way that really more needs them. I see so many developers out there just giving the client exactly what they want. And sometimes you have to say, well, maybe you might want this. Let's talk about it a little bit. And I think this what if thing is 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 really um really a, a way of life, a way of FileMaker life that you can't get around if you want to be good at FileMaker. No, I think, you know, I've just actually had a thought and I'm not sure whether this is fully formulated, but it seems to me that an essential part of what if is about lateral thinking. It's how do you solve this particular problem by thinking sometimes outside the box but just thinking differently and it's about that experimentation it's about that willingness to try and fail i've said this before but in life we learn absolutely nothing by success because when everything goes right we just take it for granted we say oh i'm just doing everything right we don't ever sit back and we go why am i doing everything right but when you fail no matter what it is, that starts you thinking about what did I do wrong? What can I learn from this failure? And so I, I believe that that's where we are as human beings. And I think it's an essential part of what we do as pharmaca developers. Yeah, it's kind of like those pampered rich children who get everything handed to them. And then, you know, then all of a sudden, the, you know, the stock market crashes and they're in the poorhouse and they don't know how to earn a living. Um, the great thing about FileMaker is that you can make those mistakes and go, whoops, I 
will make that mistake and now delete it and put in the right answer or a better answer than what I did before. It, it gives you that ability to make the mistakes quickly and then develop your, your FileMaker intellect further so you don't you can do it within a safety net, essentially. And so that's what's great about FileMaker. I can, I, that's how I've learned FileMaker. I've never taken a class. I've never read a book. Um, I've never, you know, nobody's ever taught me anything. I just went to the school of hard knocks like, like Michael did. We, we learned in the early days when there was no books, no, nothing you could do. We just sat down and learned it. Yep, absolutely. The one thing that I will say in really just sort of a finishing off, FileMaker is an amazing tool, but its greatest strength is also its greatest weakness. And the, they are both that it's incredibly easy to develop something in FileMaker. The weakness is that it's incredibly easy to do it wrong. Yeah, and that's what catches a lot of people. They go, wow, I can, it's so easy to make a field. I'll make a bunch of fields instead of a table. You know, they don't realize it. And then they've got a flat solution. And I think that's the kind of stuff you're talking about is that it's so easy to get into, but it's also so easy to do something wrong. Yeah, and then you don't, and then the problem is that because you haven't got the depth of experience, you really don't know how to troubleshoot it and figure out what, what where you were going wrong. And what often happens is you and the person doing this ends up getting so far down the line and then they find they've gone to into walked into a blind alley. There's no way out. And they literally got to back out all the way to the beginning and start all over again. And this happens a lot. If they even need to, even if they, even if they know how to do that, they may not even know how to back out of it. And, and it's, and I think another saying is they've dug the hole deeper and deeper and deeper to try to get around something when all they had to do is uh, walk around the hole because there was a different way to do it. And that just comes from knowledge of FileMaker. And you just got to realize the time and effort you have to put into it. And, you know, sometimes you feel like you're not moving forward and you go, I don't understand all this stuff. And all of a sudden you keep, keep going at FileMaker in a month or two later and you go, wow, I know a lot now. Cause you, you realize, wow, I know a lot of stuff now. You kind of have a flashback and you go, and you just got to be persistent and, 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 you know, and be, you understand that you're going to get to that goal, to that point where you better understand FileMaker, but also realize it's one of those those races that has no uh, end. There's no there's no winner. You just keep on learning the whole time. Right. And even now, after all these years, I sometimes find myself not being able to solve a particular problem. And I, I look at it and I go, I don't understand. What am I doing wrong? What am I doing wrong? And I have to walk away from it and, and just do something else to let my subconscious figure it out for me and give me the answer. So I hope everybody's appreciated this philosophical discussion of FileMaker because I, I called my blog the philosophy of FileMaker because I believe in this aspect of development. It's not just putting the blocks together in exactly the same configuration every time. You have to think about what's going on. You have to ask us your questions. So hopefully you appreciate that we really haven't given you so much technical knowledge, but we've given you a way of life to develop in FileMaker that will make you successful. Yeah, and it's all about having fun and being able to solve problems and, and move forward. But it's not something that you should agonize over it you just have to be aware of it and and be open to possibilities and just always be thinking 
Yeah, I kind of feel like Tony Robbins when I said the last thing I said. You know, like it's a way of life. You know, you will be successful if you do it this way. But it's true. Um, and if 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 I made you laugh a little bit, hopefully it'll get the point. And you'll remember. Just keep on going. Keep on asking questions. Question it all the stuff, and you'll get there. So I think we're just about done. Have you made all your points? I've made all my points. Well. This has been Fireside FileMaker once again, and we welcome any comments. My name is John Mark Osborne. And I'm Michael Richard. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next time. Take care. Bye-bye. You've been listening to Fireside FileMaker, a podcast with John Mark Osborne and Michael Richard. We'd love to hear what you think, so please email us at info at firesidefilemaker.com. That's info at firesidefilemaker.com. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time. Bye-bye.